Welcome to Metabytes Podcast. I am Noelle. And this is Rachel. And we are going to be discussing all things metaverse, from cryptocurrencies to NFTs to blockchain technologies to dApps and DAOs and smart contracts and everything in between. Be sure to share the episodes you like on social media and tag us at metamasterminds.io on Instagram. We will always repost you and you can also DM us questions that we will answer in the next episodes. And you can also join us in our Discord community, Meta Masterminds, and on Clubhouse, where we have extended discussions and we answer questions. Also, we have specially curated content on there. Be sure to follow on social media and subscribe to Metabytes Podcast now so you are notified of each new episode. We both look forward to enjoying this ride with you into the metaverse as we soar into 2022 and beyond. Now for the show. Welcome to Metabytes Podcast. This is episode 17. It is Tuesday. February 8th, 2022. I am Noel, And this is Rachel. And we have a special guest with us today. And Rajiv, would you like to formally introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Hey, everyone. Um, it's good to be on here. Uh, my name's Rajiv. Um, I run Rectify Studios. Uh, metaverse gaming studio we build assets and other digital um, things for the metaverse 3d motion capture all that type of good stuff and uh, also do blockchain development and uh, yeah that's me amazing well we're excited to have you here because we want to uh, you know let people know more about what you do because you have a lot of different talents and you're really you've been in this space for a while you know um, metaverse gaming and etc so we want to find out just a little bit more about your specialties but first I want to ask you you know what got you into the metaverse space in the first place uh yeah great um so you know like I've been in crypto um since the beginning I got into bitcoin I don't know, 11, 10 years ago, something like that. Um, Ethereum around, you know, whenever Ethereum came out. And then, um, you know, from there, I went into doing more events. I was also a gamer um, as well. You know, I used to play World of Warcraft in college. And to me, like, it was always like a mini metaverse itself. It just wasn't on the blockchain before. And then, you know, like I saw the opportunity in the last year of where crypto was going. I'm very good at spotting trends. And I know that the next trend that's coming up is metaverse, AR, VR, and integration with NFTs and stuff like that. So, you know, I've just been always like head down looking at what the latest things are and staying ahead of the curve kind of thing. Just like fun for me. So, uh, which is all really cool. But so like, are there any... So what's your actual specialty? What it, what do you what do you like to focus on? Uh, because I know people hire you, you help a lot of people. So what do you like to specifically help people with? Uh, yeah, so I do everything pretty much in crypto. I have an entire team with me. It's about 15 of us um, that work for me um, from blockchain development to building utilities in the space in, um, in DeFi. Um, and then also in my, my Rectify studio is also a metaverse asset creation. So essentially like um, case study would be like if an NFT project um, is like a 2D PFP style JPEG, they would come to me after they sell out and stuff like that and be like, okay, well, we want to make digital assets, 3D assets of this type of NFT, or they want to build the assets for a game, et cetera, like that. They would come to me and we would create their vision into creating it um, into the three-dimensional world, integrate it with the latest technologies, stuff like that. On one side of things, if they want to create um, like a staking platform or any kind of blockchain protocol for 
their holders, whether they want to create a DAO or they want to create um, a launch pad or any kind of technology in that. My developer side of the team deals with that side of things. So it's pretty much like a one-stop shop for all things metaverse and uh, crypto. Wow. Okay. Amazing. So are there any projects you want to like, you know, talk about that you've recently been involved with that have, you know, um, well, not any project specifically that I'm in, involved with per se that I can talk about uh, due to NDAs, but uh, I am working on with some influencers. Um, we have launched our new platform, which is a NFT launchpad called uh, multimint.art. And the UI is being redesigned right now, but like once it deploys, um, it is a... It's the first of its kind NFT launchpad that uh, is geared around safety and security. So if, um, let's say, an influencer, a brand, et cetera, like that needs a turnkey solution to creating a minting dApp and so forth like that, they would come to me and we would launch them through our platform. We are the only platform um, that is actually Certec audited, which is like the gold standard for safety and security in the crypto industry. Um, and we're the first NFT platform to get that approved uh, as well. And yeah, so it's like, that's my main thing right now. I'm also working with a lot of influencers and brands um, to launch their entire collections and helping them with their build out. I also specialize in creating roadmaps and tokenomics and, you know, helping you take your artistic vision and implement it into crypto. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. So let me ask you about multi-mint because I pulled it up as you were talking. It's it looks really cool. Um, is this for somebody to just, um, are you, are you hoping that it's a, a, the type of platform that competes with something like OpenSea? I mean, obviously they're a behemoth, but I'm just, is, is that kind of like the goal or you, what is the niche that you're going after with this? No. So, you know, like to compete with OpenSea, to compete with Coinbase, crypto.com, et cetera, like that, those are all marketplaces. Right. Um, so those are all like secondary market. My thing is, is like the main problem in the industry right now is let's say you wanted to launch a collection and you have to go hire somebody to build the minting dApp on your website to do it. So there's two options for you. Either A, you spend $60,000, $70,000 up front and hire a proper developer to do it. Or what a lot of people do is they go on like Fiverr and they spend like $1,500, $2,000 or something like that to build this like, you know, cookie cutter like thing. But you don't know who you're hiring from this mm -hmm. website. So what ends up happening because of that is that now you as a user is going on there connecting your wallet to this shady, sketchy, developed thing. And what a lot of times, even though the artist might have a really good vision or whatever like that on whatever that they want to create, they connect their wallet, they, they build this thing, people connect their wallet. And then maybe at that, like the next day or a month from now or something like that, that developer goes back in, change some of the codes. And because your wallet's connected to that website, they essentially rug pull everything from your entire wallet and yeah. you know, you mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, it's right. just always like a gamble. Mm -hmm. as to what's going on so we saw this as like you know it's going to be something that's going to be a big problem i know mm -hmm. a few weeks ago um about 20 million dollars left the space because yep. people were getting rugged and stuff like that so we said okay let's build a platform that is safe secure and you can come with us with a collection and you launch through our platform and you know it's you won't have to worry about that so we really are um, we're really more of a, a security company more than anything else. Mm. So I really, really admire this, um, Rajiv, because I really think that the more people like you who see where there are, where improvement needs to be made, and then you step up as a leader and entrepreneur to create that solution, um, that's going to help onboard more people into this space. And like you're saying, I think where so many people get stuck when they are wanted are in the process or have the desire to launch their own NFT collection is doing exactly what you're saying, which is getting that minting dap in place so that people can mint their, their NFTs. 
So it's like you you saw a problem and you said, okay, well, let's create a solution to that problem. And I, I think that, you know, this is the space where if you are an entrepreneur, if you, um, if you are innovative, if you do have um, a sense of intuition that this is the future and that this tech is going to allow people to live lives and do business in ways that has never been possible before, then there is, um, there's so much opportunity. And I just, I can see, you know, so many people being able to come through um, your NFT launch pad and um, be able to build a lot of valuable communities and be able to touch a lot of people in the world. So kudos to you. Congratulations to you and your team. Um, You know, the, some of the questions that I have, they might be a little bit more uh, conceptual. Um, I'm really glad that you explained and broke it down exactly, you know, what you're doing for people in this space and how you and your team are helping people's visions come to life on the blockchain. Um, my question is, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things, you, you know, you, you touched on, um, wow. And I would love to talk about, um, you know, gaming education of, um, the metaverse and, you know, what, what applications do you think um, that the, that um, gaming has on NFTs? You know, because like right now we're seeing a lot of um, NFTs that are uh, maybe people haven't really like wrapped their minds around yet, yet the the um, utilization and the utility of NFTs. But um, being somebody like yourself that does have this foresight, how do you see? Uh, video games and gamification in the metaverse, how do you see that being incorporated with NFTs and what can artists and creators do to make their NFTs more uh, fun and interesting and um, and yeah, and like make people want to get involved in their NFT versus somebody else because their NFT has, you know, some type of gamification aspect to it. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, you know, like and you and I have talked about this before, but like it's to me, I see that the main thing with NFTs is, you know, especially if you're like an independent artist or, you know, you're an influencer or something like that, but you're not like a big corporation or a brand that's coming in there for the cash grab. You're just trying to do something for the space. I think the number one thing with NFTs that I've noticed is it's really 100% about the community first. And really finding ways to honor that community and engage with that community and so forth like that. And that's one side of things. When it comes to like the gaming side of things, there are a lot of different games that are out there already. Whether it be like Thetan Arena or it be Axie Infinity. Those are the popular ones that have been people have been talking about. But essentially what they do is you would buy like, let's say, you know, like um i don't know like world of warcraft for example um or even like uh fortnite or something like that back in back in world of warcraft times you used to be able to like if you go into like a dungeon or something like that and you fight you get these rare items from that mission and then what right and what back then what they used to do is they used to be like all right well i'll sell you this character on ebay um and then you go in there but you don't know really what you're buying you don't really know what the source is and stuff like that how nfts come into play is it shows this proof of ownership system where it like verifies that this person does own this and whatever and then they have a marketplace that they can just go on there and list that sword for sale list that skin or that armor piece or something like that for sale and then now you as the other user could be like that's cool i want to buy that because there's only a thousand of them in the game and it does some special thing and so forth like that in there so like that's one side of the things the other side of things where when it comes to like axie infinity for example is that they have these like little like animals that you can fight with but then you can also take these animals and breed them and then sell those on the market and then those animals you can raise them and turn them into characters that you can turn around and fight with as well too and it creates this like um this commerce style ecosystem where you have use cases for them and stuff like that i feel like you know like when we comes to nft gaming and stuff like that and then also too when you sell these things obviously you're making money when you're playing the game you can make money you can rent out your nfts that's how they have their scholarship programs and then you can hire somebody to play it and you pay them a percentage of what their winnings are and you take the other percentage and it's it's usually like a 50 50 trade 
and because uh, you're putting up the upfront costs and they're the ones that are using the game. Um, so it turns ROI positive like pretty quickly over the first few months and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot of people that are making, you know, their entire life. Like most of the Philippines right now um, is usually where they get a lot of these um, people to play the game. And it's literally like a large percentage of the population is switching to this because you get paid more from playing this game versus being a doctor in the country now, you know, and, you know, it might be like pennies for somebody living in the United States, but somebody in a third world country could change their entire life around. Um, and there's many stories like that coming into it now. So there's many use cases as well. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the real estate side of things and stuff like that as well, too. But like essentially um, the NFT is a proof of ownership. And, you know, like there was the first real estate deal that was brought into that and they just did their first deal with that. And that's a whole other topic we'll go into in a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the there's 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 literally, literally so many different ways and directions that we can um, go with this. I personally love um, Axie Infinity. I love you know we've Noel and I have talked about um, that uh, play to earn game like pretty extensively. Just um, because exactly like what you're saying, um, the implications of even a simple game where rewards are actually you can actually mean something right like we've been you know like you said we've been you've been playing games for a long time i mean how many hours did you put into playing these games you know how much energy and time did you put into playing these games where what did you get out of that right like really like yeah you're being entertained but what was your what was was there any like roi like most people will say like oh like video games will rot your brain they'll ruin your life right however i think that and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but probably like things that's so appealing about these online games is that you're going um into a into a virtual space where you're connecting with people that it's not possible it's just so much more convenient rather to meet with them virtually and i think that like just that having that again it's like a sense of community right and um and a lot of these like prizes or skins or whatever i mean there there are symbols of status in these worlds so you know, it makes sense, you know, that somebody kind of like put two and two together, like, well, we should be rewarding these players with actual monetary compensation. And I mean, if we if if we really think about it, doesn't it make more sense that people connect online and earn online versus working any type of hourly wage job where they actually have to physically be there um, when they could do something that people have been doing for entertainment, for connection, for community and, and make a, an income from, for themselves and their families. I mean, we're, we're essentially talking about, I mean, in my mind, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I mean, I think this is a possible solution for like educating starvation uh in the world and and the, i know that people have talked about getting internet to be where it would be free to everyone i mean if the internet was free to everyone essentially anybody who get on the internet could get themselves a job making money online getting paid in online tokens that that convert into real currency that they can take care of themselves. This is, this is my, my mind is literally blown. I don't think that people are really like accepting that. Wait a minute. Um, we can actually employ or not even employ, but we can create work for people where there was no work before. There was no physical way to get these people to add value, to take something from them um, in exchange for payment now there is so we looked at a couple of charts some uh episodes back where it's it, it spoke about Rajiv it was the numbers were insane about how in the last 
in the crypto space in the yeah in the crypto and blockchain space with like i think like 60 percent more business being done than ever was before so it's like well how does that happen where does you know because a lot of americans aren't even on board yet really it's mostly other countries like you said the things are uh this is changing um play to earn gaming and Axie infinity is really changing the culture and the lifestyle in the philippines so far where we have these other countries, people who weren't making money and weren't able to generate income are now making money and generating income. So what is this? What's this leave us with? It leaves us with more income. Why? Why are we all not like screaming from the rooftops about the fact that, you know, when more people make money, that means more people can spend money. That means more money for you to sell your products and services, more money for me to sell my products and services. It really is when we, when everyone wins, we all win. Like when other people win, it would, when, the universe expands, we're all expanding. It's not just a win for one, it's a win for all, any win. And so, like, I'm really excited about your NFT launchpad because, again, this is creating opportunities for people to create and to expand. And there's, you know, play to earn gaming is just one, one aspect of what blockchain is allowing people to to do people to create that never have before what are some other ways that you see because um you you do have a good um perspective on the space what are some other ways uh that people can get involved um whether it's you know through nfts or through gaming um or through uh utilization of cryptos or tokens um, what are some things that you've seen or what are some things that you have your eye on that you're interested in getting involved in? Where do you see the future of um, this space going and trending towards? Yeah, so good question. So, um, you know, like what I see the space is going, I think 2022 is going to be the year of the NFT. We saw a big uptick in NFTs last year. You know, obviously, Bored Apes really kicked off um, and kind of like pioneered a lot of the stuff in the space. And then um, other projects as well followed suit. And then I think we did like $2 billion last year in NFT sales. And then in January alone, I think we already did like close to $10 billion or something like that in sales, which is ridiculous. Um, so I feel like this year, a lot of mass adoption is going to take place in the space. And this year is going to be a big year for NFTs because it's, it's very easy to get into NFTs compared to other things. Um, I think once that's done, there's going to be the next step will be DeFi, decentralized finance. Um, within the next three years, we're going to see more of that happening. More cryptocurrency will take on into the market. We're already seeing, um, you know, like the governments starting to adopt their own form of cryptocurrency um, as a tracking and reserve side of things, too, which is good and bad um, on the one side of things like, you know, it's more tracking and regulation and stuff like that. On the other side of things, it will provide those that are looking for more of a safety net to, um, you know, learn the space in a very easy way. So it'll help for more mass adoption. So, you know, it's bittersweet in that regard. Um I feel like this year, if you want to really start learning, I would really start saying, like, go online. There's tons of information on YouTube, TikTok. Every single day, people are pumping out content on just learning the foundations, learning the basics, learn how to set up a wallet, learn how not to get rugged, how to, like, you know, like, what safeties are. Learn the principles of, like... You know, doing it a lot of scams too is if you join like a Discord, you'll get people DMing you being like, join this link, this is the mint, and da 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 da, go in here and buy this NFT. And it's usually some scammer that made a copycat and is trying to do it. So, like, being self aware is going to put you ahead um, of the curve in that and just start learning how to do it. One of the easiest ways to make money in the space is like, go research what an NFT is. Um, research projects that are coming out that have a lot of hype in there, see how active their Discord is, see how active their communities are, how much hype's around it, make sure it's real and not like bots or like fake. And um, what you can easily do is if you get in on these launches, you might spend $50, $100, maybe $250 to like mint an NFT, but you could turn around, buy like three of them and you can turn around and flip it 
um, in like a few days or literally like the next, as soon as it's done minting and it hits the secondary market, you can go in and flip that, um, you know, for two, three X gains um, and make like a few thousand bucks within a few days um, or more, depending on how big the project is and stuff like that. Um, that's one side of things. The other side of things you could learn to trade cryptocurrency. Um, right now we're kind of on a dip still. So there's still a few good buys in there, um, in there. So pick a few different projects. If you're new to the space, look at like the top 20 projects, uh, the top 20 cryptocurrencies and, you know, like start playing around with a little bit of cash. Um, and start learning the space in there, maybe throw a hundred bucks in and see how you do right now. Um, start learning to read charts um, and so forth like that. There's tons of ways to make money in the space. One of the things I like to do the most, that's my easiest way to do. It's hard to figure out in the beginning, but, um, and there is a learning curve for it, but once you figure it out, like you can create passive income pretty easily from it. And that's yield farming um where you stake your liquidity you stake your tokens and essentially they pay you for putting your tokens up to the network they pay you um a percentage of every transaction that runs through it and which is very by the way that's really exciting for a lot of people because not enough people know about this and it's i think one of the great one of the best ways to start earning basically you're earning interest on your coins kind of like with a savings account but it's way more money or crypto and um and it's it's just brilliant it's like a brilliant way to just start earning on the money on the crypto well, that you're, well, you're holding the reason why i love it is because savings doesn't even well there know, is no savings anymore. right that's yeah happening. doesn't so even it, exist what a yeah. brilliant way to compete with the banking institutions and bring back the interest that the banks did away with a while ago now yeah, completely. And Raj, I, I I appreciate all everything you're saying. I I am, you know, this is it's just such a great time. And you're right. Education is what people need the most of, because one bad experience where you get frustrated or you lose money or you get taken advantage of, like you've been saying, it happens to a lot of people. It happens to the best. It happens to experts, you know, it's very easy to, uh, you know, make, I shouldn't say very easy, but it's, it's, it is, it's relatively easy to get scammed. So you have to really, uh, just kind of, the more you learn, the better, um, it's just, there's a lot of research that needs to be done, but education is key in this space. Uh, so yeah, I, I love everything you're sharing. It's amazing. Um, I was wondering if we can get into like a really interesting topic uh, that we were going to discuss, which is very relevant and timely uh, regarding the first home in, I believe, I think, I think this happened in New York with an apartment that was sold as an NFT. I'm not sure because I didn't pull up the details on that, but I mean, that was a few months ago. But basically, there's a Tampa Bay, Florida home that is being listed, that is being sold as an NFT, meaning it's not going on the MLS like every other home. There's not going to be a real estate agent or broker involved at all in the transaction. It's going to be sold directly to the person who's buying the home um, as an NFT. So it will be listed on the blockchain. Um, but I, we all have this article, so I'd love to hear, you know, where we were just kind of running through the article and just, you know, getting the details on this because it's been in the news, but I think this is phenomenal. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. The, the woman who owns, so it, the, it's, it's basically the, there's a woman that owns a Tampa Bay blockchain company called DeFi Unlimited. She's also a local real estate investor. And uh, basically, it's she decided to list her the home as an NFT to showcase this evolving technology. So I'd love to hear what you two think about this. It's phenomenal. I guess, oh, it's starting at $650,000. I guess there's going to be bidding on it. Okay, you, you both go. Tell me what you think about this. Rachel, Rachel or Raj, whoever. 
Well, I think that the best part about this is that they turned the NFT into an LLC. Mm. That to me is where, like, mm. that's where the utility is. That was good. You caught that, okay? Yeah, and you know, I think also it's like the the speed. You know, like the person that person whoever buys that house is gonna have the property rights to that property in as quick as a Venmo transaction. So think about how quick, how long it takes to buy a house right now, right? It takes weeks to oh, close on a house. It could be, yeah, it could be months. It could be months. So this yeah. is an, an an immediate and instant um transaction and i just think that as far as like convenience goes you can't even put a price tag on that what do you think raj wait can i ask you something rachel about this the nft is an llc yeah the nft is an llc so this is i mean here's the thing too since this is such an an you know new emerging area the, you know, the laws and the rules are going to change as, as time goes on right now, you can do that, you know, uh, but it's fascinating that it's going. So the NFT is an LLC. I just think it's genius. It's so it's like genius. Yeah. yeah. So you sell a company and a company owns that house and the, mm. and the company is, is what's on chain. That LLC is what's on the blockchain. Um, Rajiv, you I mean you have a team right now that your your job is to help people get into the blockchain. How easy is this to do for somebody who wants to turn their house into NFT to sell? Mm-hmm. Like it'll take about a day. That's insane. <laughs> it's not long. Like making the contract and stuff like that. Like you know, like it might take to work out the details. I think the the hardest part of that whole thing is to get the lawyers and stuff involved. But if you got the cash, we can literally attach it to the contract because that's the thing. A smart contract lives on the blockchain, right? And these real estate deeds and stuff like that and these agreements, you can put all of that in there, you know, like, um, like, let's say like a use case, right? Like there's the Versace mansion down in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. I let's say they the Versace family decided that they want to sell that. So what they would do is they would NFT um, and create this document that says we're going to sell this property and put it up for auction. And but Raj, that's basically the smart contract, right? Right. It's all in the smart contract. Mm -hmm. So they put it up in the smart contract. They put like a photo of the thing and they said, okay, you buy this NFT and you're going to get the Versace mansion in there. Now what they can do is put this clause in there that says you can sell it however many times you want. You can flip it. You can sell it for millions or however much you want to do. But a percentage right. of every transaction will mm -hmm. go as a royalty back to the Versace estate. And that, I mean, how much more beautiful does that get? Like what you can't, this is, this is so incredible. So now way, anybody who isn't selling their house as an NFT missing out on future resales of that property. Exactly. Exactly. And and by the way, um side note, I just saw old footage of Gary V on stage talking about crypto wearables, digital assets in 2010 on stage saying this is the future. Oh, you know he what? Didn't even, this, in is, 2010, this is my next question. This is my next question. For people I know, like, like uh, you, Rajiv, like you, Noel, like Gary V, and like myself, who I launched my own social media platform years ago because I saw the, the problem with content creators not owning and monetizing their own content be exploited and being exploited by the major um, platforms. And, you know, just I've been making money online for years. I know Noel is making money online for years. I know Rajiv's making money online for years. And obviously Gary, Gary V. I mean, Gary V was one of my first inspirations. And so for people like us and for the people who are listening to this podcast, which are also, you know, most likely forward thinkers, progressive thinkers. Um, and this question is, you know, really for both of you, um, you know, how, how does it, you know, how does it feel and what is your advice for people who are forward thinkers in a world that is so resistant to is so is so resistant to change? And, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you cope um, with seeing things so far in advance when it seems like nobody else is or like people aren't, you know, really taking advantage of 
And, you know, how does that make you feel? Is that frustrating? Do you not care? You, uh, you know, what are you doing to help people? I guess, you know, are you, do you care if people see it or not? And if you do, what do you do to help people like awaken to the possibilities of this tech? I mean, I personally don't care. Like, you know, because like it's it's the old saying about you can lead a horse to water and make a drink. I've been telling people about Bitcoin for 10 years. The people that bought Bitcoin when I told them to buy Bitcoin are six and seven figure whales right now in the space. The ones that didn't are still living their life the way they are. You know what I mean? Like people are going to do what they want to do and they're going to live in their little comfort zone until they decide to make that decision. And that has nothing to do with NFTs. That's just a mindset shift that people need to take. How much risk are you willing to take? Everything in life is a risk. And at the end of the day, we're all getting out of here dead. So like you might as well take some chances, take some risks, get out there and do some stuff. And play around with something that you're not that you're willing to lose and learn. And the more that you're willing to get into these spaces and learn and grow and expand your consciousness and expand as a human being on what your potential is, that's the only way you're going to break out of this rat race because this rat race will keep you down for life. And you will realize and wake up 10, 20 years from now and really like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Why did I live this way? It's because mm. risk. How much of your comfort zone were you willing to leave? Oof, that's some fire truth right there. And, you know, that's why I know Noelle and I, we talk about, you know, we have this podcast on all things meta, but mindset is always a part of it because you can't be successful at anything without first having the correct mindset and operating out of faith uh, versus operating out of fear. And uh, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, I, I speak for, for myself and Noel. we're here to help anybody going to help themselves. Exactly. You know, you can, like, my thing is, is like, there's a lot of people that are falling and you can be that hand to bring them up. And that's a very noble thing to do, but I've spent a lot of time in my life, like doing that. And those people tend to drag you down because they just don't want to shift. However, if somebody's on the rise and you can help them elevate to another level, that's a different level of consciousness. And this is more of a philosophical discussion than a crypto conversation, but like raising somebody up that's already on a rise, like you, there's exponential growth to that. And there's so much more joy and fulfillment because they're also excited with it and you're vibing off of one another. And it's not can, great to you. Can I tell you that I actually think that crypto and blockchain tech is a higher vibe like it 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 exists on a higher plane and so i think that it is actually closer to spirituality than maybe we want to give it credit for because of the intrinsic ownership that that blockchain allows us to have and that like that person to person or business to business transaction that's seamless i think that this is closer to how we've always supposed to been able to interact and i think that this is possibly why uh, it seems you know give your opinion also but it seems like people who are in this space tend to be people who are um aware of a collective consciousness and understand that that intrinsically blockchain provides freedom um and and that freedom is what our souls are crave and that's why i think people are aware of this gravitate towards this tech what do you think about that well rachel you and i have these discussions all the time and by the way raj we get philosophical all the time. That's, I feel like this uh, podcast is is just an excuse for us to talk about our philosophical views <laughs> on the world in general. <laughs> uh, but basically, it's true uh, that you know uh, the people I think attracted to uh, blockchain, crypto, NFTs, metaverse. It, they're they're innately, I think, looking to they're outside the box thinkers and visionaries and they get it and they're open minded and they're wanting to learn something new. And so people who are not in, inherently like this, it's a little more challenging to get on the bandwagon because and honestly, most people are not like that. So it's a it's a minority 
of people who think outside the box. It's a minority of people who don't care what other people think and listen to their intuition and just like make decisions based on how they, you know, because and they so that's, believe it. That's what I wanted to touch on right there is that your intuition, right? Like Raj, you're not just a crypto and blockchain uh, expert, right? You're also a, a spiritual guide, right? So let me ask you this. What about your intuition and your um, in-tuneness with your spirit? Do you think that that has helped you as far as business goes and as far as getting into um, block into the blockchain space? Do you feel like you were led there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have a like a core belief that like, you know, I'm always guided, right? Like I always have this, 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 like one of my like core principles is that I feel like I'm always on the right path. And even if something might be shitty today, tomorrow could lead to a better path, you know? And that's always been something about like, where I always like, if I'm like stuck, and I don't know what to do. I literally shut down, shut everything off. And I just go inward. And I just listen to that inner voice. And we all have it, you know, but the day to day life tends to, you know, suppress it, push it to the side, etc. like that. But the more we stop and we center in, and you hear that little gut feeling that little guidance, it'll tell you to go left or right. We just choose to make an opposite decisions. And I've put this to the test many times. And, you know, like I can tell you, like, you know, like from the spiritual standpoint, like, you know, like, you know, I've, I've traveled around the world. I've lived with monks. I've worked for the United Nations, all this type of stuff, um, you know, before all of this stuff. And from that, like, you know, it, it's really built up this like it's 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 a muscle. The more you really like start working out this muscle and the more you tap into it, the more active it'll be. And then you'll start making these decisions on the fly and you won't even second guess it anymore. And it'll be like, all right, I need to turn right here. I don't know why I'm turning right here, but I feel I need to turn right here. And then you turn right and it's like, oh, this is what I've been looking for this whole time. You know, and you just keep working that muscle out and it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger over time. 100%. I love that. Yeah, totally agree. You have a very Amazing. diverse background. Uh, you know, before we head out, because we're going to have to wrap this up in a minute, I wanted to touch on one more thing. And this is maybe on, you know, we, we have a lot, we had a lot, uh, several things we were, we were going to talk on. But I think this is a great one to kind of wrap up with, which really has to do with freedom and Julian Assange. So Julia, Julian Assange, uh, you know, he's been through a lot for speaking the truth. And, uh, you know, he's been sort of the poster child. And for don't speak the truth or look what's going to happen to you. He's been like a scapegoat for many reasons and all that other stuff. That's what I believe anyway. But basically, um, his supporters have raised over 12,500 ETH, Ethereum via a DAO that they set up for his freedom. So it looks like this might be one of the first donor DAOs set up um, to raise funds for somebody uh, like this. And basically, a, you know, DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And, uh, you know, DAOs are really interesting because they're the rules of the DAO depend on the I believe, and you can correct me, Roger, go into this a little more, but really depend on the smart contract and what's written. And they, you know, they're, they're, they can't be edited. You know, what every, what's, how it's set up is how it's set up um, from my understanding. And anyway, the DAO was set up to raise money for him. And, um, you know, it, so he's not extradited. And uh, yeah, so what do you think about this? I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I really support Julian Assange. Um, I think he was 
you know, like if, if, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself we can go into on that one, but like, yeah, you know, exactly. Right. Like, but you know, like look at the mainstream media, right. That this whole like narrative that they're pushing, like the most topical one is they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, all these different things. Right. And Julian Assange came in back in the day and he was like, I'm going to give you unbiased, unfiltered truth of yeah. what's really taking place in the media. And they turned him into this villain because of it. And know? historically, they've always, historically, you, could, you can actually go back thousands of years. This is how mm-hmm. it's always done. That's how it is. You know, yeah. they always vilify, mm-hmm. you know, like not to get biblical, but look at what they did to Christ. Yep. <laughs> you know? the, yeah. The people who are brave enough to go against the crowd to speak the truth. Yeah. Um, while everyone else cowers in fear, those are the ones that are the uh, they're they're they they become the poster child for um, look. If you do this too, this is what's going to happen to you. In order to scare everybody away from doing that as well. Uh, so yeah, and we're seeing it now too, just in Canada with this truckers, with the with the convoys that are forming all over the world now. These trucker convoys where people are saying, you know, we've had enough, we're done. And uh, so there's a lot of interesting things going on right now, just in, from that respect. But there's, there's a great awakening taking yeah, place right now. And our great, I hope so. great I hope so. churning taking place right now. In I hope so. Do you guys think that, that this great awakening is tied to blockchain and that blockchain has also been helping like 100%. usher in this freedom? Oh, really? You yeah. do think that? A hundred percent. Like, you know, like what I like, like, this is why I tell everybody, like, go start learning DeFi, get your head in, like, find out, go Google what that means, go learn everything about it. um, Because that is going to completely uproot the banking system. Like even that staking thing I was talking about yield farming and stuff like that. What it does is it gives you 100% control of your money. And you're making more returns on that than going to an actual bank and putting your money in there where they're making the majority of that that's why they're so against it because they know how it's going to completely put the whole world upside down once it becomes more mass adopted but you know there's another side to that too raj which is this other side which is this has been the plan all along to get everyone over into crypto and digital and that you know you're gonna have to use a wallet and then you can get the wallet shut down potentially and all that there's that side too that's kind of like the devil's advocate side to all this because personally i want to believe that 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 blockchain represents sovereignty freedom rights like what it's going to take everything out of the few and put it and put it into put put everything back into our hands i want to believe that do you believe that yeah i mean i think so i mean there's obviously gonna be good and bad with everything right like and i feel like you can only resist these things for so long before it's in your face and then you can't do anything about it right like for years jp morgan was saying bitcoin is trash it's not good there's so many quotes from the ceo of jp morgan that said that and then like literally about a year ago he was like bitcoin's the future we're buying into bitcoin You know, so um, but what I do think is that, you know, we as if you really believe in the principles of the blockchain and why it was created and so forth like that, and you really get into the philosophical meaning as to why it was first um, founded, like the real reason that Bitcoin first pumped. And I remember this because I was in it was like it was sitting at like two, three hundred dollars a Bitcoin and then it went up to like twelve hundred dollars um this was like i don't know like seven years ago or something like that um that was because it was during the crash it was right after the crash and they the banks froze the money from greece and i think cyprus mm-hmm. they were only, remember that? and they were uh, only, yeah and they were only allowing a hundred dollars you could withdraw a day wow you know um, because there was just no money in the system. So everybody revolted, took all their money out and put it all into Bitcoin to safeguard their wealth. Interesting. That's yeah. the pump of Bitcoin. But now uh, just a, another little side note to what you just said. It's interesting how if you look at all the countries with the strictest lockdown policies over the last few years, they're the ones that were the most in debt. They have the one. They're the countries that have the most debt and they have the most uh 
uh, government officials that are basically paid off. So that's also tied into the the countries with the strictest regulations that had to, that Mm -hmm. basically, uh, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. That's another agenda. The largest adoption of crypto is taking place right now, and it's not something that's really talked about, is in India and Nigeria. Yeah, I know. We we talked about that on here. They banned the Nigerian users off of yeah, which yeah, was it? Uh, crypto crypto coin. Um, I think. Uh, it was yeah, right. They banned these Nigerian users because they're not to have. Yeah, they don't but when want you ban something, it's like, you know, you tell somebody don't do something, you know, don't touch the fire, fire hot. What are you going to do? You're going to stick your finger in the fire, right? Like, I honestly think it was Binance. I don't know, but you can, yeah. you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I mean, can like, fact there's... check me. But I yeah, one, it was. Of, yeah. one of these companies, they banned like a couple hundred Nigerian users. And these Nigerian users are, were just, are just trying to commerce with the world, and, but their country does not allow them to have currency. Like, yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean, you ban something long enough, it's just going to come back. I mean, you know, like, and people are just going to buy in more and stuff like that. You know, like, I like banning, like, I look what they did with marijuana, right? They banned marijuana for all these years, and now the government's mass adopting it. And, like, you know, it's everywhere, right? Like, it's the same well, thing going to happen with crypto. We, we are, we're going to sadly have to wrap this up for time. But I want to thank you so much for coming on here. And I love what you're up to. Uh, this multimint.art website is amazing, and I look forward to seeing what's going to happen on that. P- perhaps we can put our next NFT project on here. And I love that you're helping so many people, you know, build projects and become self-sufficient within this space as an educator and as a project developer and all these other things. So you know, we're, we're all about it and we appreciate you so much for coming on and hopefully you'll come back and uh, we can get into more topics with you in the next, in the next week or so. And um, I just want to thank you for your time and being here with us on Metabytes podcast. And I am going to uh, sign out shortly in a second here, but I want you to say, uh, say your adieu, Rachel and Rajiv. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Raj, for being here um, and sharing your very uh, unique and insightful perspective to the space. I'm really excited for what you're doing and how you're helping so many people and uh, how we uh, will work together. And uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's hey underscore it's Raj, R-A-J, um that's my twitter handle um you could find our website um as rectfystudios.com that's r-e-k-t-f-i studios.com and that'll take you to our metaverse platform and then you could find all our socials through there um and yeah it was great to be on here yay all right we'll talk to you next time bye bye everybody thank you so much